You're listening to Rhetoric with Shakia, a lighthearted entertainment podcast focused on recaps, reviews, and reactions to reality TV shows, scripted series, movies, and so much more. I'm Shakia, your host, and P.S. I love to use my background in psychology whenever I can to help us discuss certain topics. Cheers to hanging out together and having a good time. Now let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome or welcome back. I'm Shakia. And in this episode, we're going to talk about part two of the Denea Jackson interview on the Dear Wifey podcast. Have you been watching? Did, did you watch any of the parts? Because there are definitely, definitely some things to talk about. Okay. And let's, let's get into it. So before I get started, I just want to let you know that this will not be a full-on detailed recap. There are some things that I want to highlight and I want us to discuss them. So let's start. We'll start off where she started off in part two of the interview again, as I said before, on the Dear Wifey podcast. If you didn't watch it, go check it out. See if you learned something. Um, see, see if you learned something. All right, so let's get into it. So Denea, she talked about the fact that eventually she did leave Derek Jackson. She said that she had been, well, you know what? Let me back up a little bit. Before Denea, before Denea left, left Derek for eight months, she said that she and the kids were living in a, I believe, 9,000 square foot mansion. And Derek had been spending uh, spending a lot of time over at the condo. So why did he need a condo? And the interviewer, I think his name is Laterris, he asked that question. He's like, so why was he at a condo? Why did you all have a condo? And she said it was because Derek told her that he needed the condo in order to record his <laughs> he needed the condo in order to record record his videos and webinars and essentially the condo was where he was going to be to take care of business now here's the thing if you are with somebody and they've been cheating on you nonstop and you and the kids live in the house the mansion and he's up in the condo. Do we really think that it's only business he's conducting conducting there? I mean, listen, he's conducting business, but it sounded like he was conducting all different types of business. <laughs> and it's one thing, because some people might say, well, she was trying to move forward. She wanted to trust him. Okay. But we have to also use our best judgment when we are working through certain obstacles with people right they can't just automatically have our trust they have to earn our trust and as i said before from part one it sounded as if he was unfaithful for the majority of their relationship even prior to them marrying one another so okay boom he's in the condo and i'm like okay it's a nine thousand square foot condo and i believe the interviewers asked the same question which was well why couldn't he build a studio at the house why couldn't he build one in the backyard? 
And she was like, I don't know. He had to conduct business at the condo. And I'm like, uh, hmm. So then, of course, she finds out that there was more than just his videos related to his work that was happening over at the condo. Eventually, she finds out that he is cheating again. Right. He's engaged in these shenanigans over at the condo. And one day she said she told him, you need to be delivered. <laughs> you have a demon inside of you and you need to be delivered. And he was extremely offended by that. He called, according to the interview, Denea said that Derek called her uh, crazy, that he said she needed help. And eventually he called her mother and that's how her mother became involved in what was happening with them. And she said she told her mother, no, he has a demon inside of him and he needs to be delivered. And she then continued to tell her mother all that was happening. All that was happening. And the mom is like, oh, no, mm -mm. you need to, mm -mm. you know, listen, the mother wasn't going along with those shenanigans. So, um. Uh, uh, then a few days later, I think she called the mother back. Okay, so let me back up. So at one point, apparently, she calls Derek and, and she says to him, you can't just stay at the condo. Like, you need to come back home. We have to deal with this. And he said, I'd rather be at the condo than be miserable. Mm, than be at the house miserable. So after that, she called her mother and told her mother, look, come get me. I, I packed, you know, come, come meet me here. And the mom flew to Georgia from Denver and they drove to, they drove from uh, Atlanta to Denver. Okay. I'm gonna fast forward through the story just a little bit. She mentions that she would study the women in the videos who was involved with her husband. She would study their bodies. She would study what they was doing and she wanted to imitate that in their marriage. So before her, before she left, she, uh, she said she wanted to imitate that in their marriage when she and her husband would be together. She said she wanted him to choose her. Mm. And when she said that, I said, oh man, I, I am grateful and I commend her for her honesty, but that's a lie. To be in a place where you have to beg your husband to choose you over some chick that he's dealing with on the side. Oh my heavens. Like I felt, I felt for her in that moment, you know? Um, and honestly, there were moments throughout their podcast part parts one and two where I felt for her because she was so transparent. And I hope people don't use this against her, but she was so transparent that you see all the stuff that she's been through even outside of the relationship she had with her husband and you know you commend her for being here for for being able to move forward and she mentions that like there were times that were so rough that she was you know malnourished by the time she went to denver with her mom when they drove from atlanta to denver she was there were some health issues going on she wasn't feeling all that great and and she said that when she got to Denver, like her, her mom and her and, and other people were literally helping her to eat. 
Okay, so let me go back. When she said that she would imitate these women, she would try and bring in what she saw in those videos into their marriage. And she's like, I wanted him to choose me. I thought that clip from Grey's Anatomy, and I believe it was Meredith, Meredith who wanted Big McDreamy? Is that McDreamy? Yes, right? Yeah. Who wanted McDreamy to choose her. And she's standing there talking to him. And she's like, choose me. I'm paraphrasing here. See me, want me, love me. And I remember when I saw that, and when, when that came out, I was much younger. And I remember thinking, oh, I feel uncomfortable right now. Like watching that interaction, I was uncomfortable because I said I never want to get to a place in any relationship where I am begging my partner, my guy to choose me, to want me, to love me the way that I want him to love me. But the fact that I got to beg you to choose me is something that I've always said I, I, I never wanted to be in that situation. And I'm not judging Danea for that. It's just when she said it, I thought about that Grey's Anatomy episode. And I, I, I think about where you have to be mentally and emotionally, where you are literally imitating the videos that you see of your husband with a mistress, right? Like that's a, that's a low place to be in where instead of leaving, you say, well, I'm just going to imitate what I see. I'm just going to do this and maybe then he'll stop and he'll love me. For, for many of us, we might say like, oh no, when we get to that point, if, if we are ever at that point, you, and, and, and again, I'm speaking as an outsider, right? Because I know that it's different when you're in a situation, but as an outsider, right? And as somebody who values myself, um, and I just think, <laughs> never mind, I was gonna say something else, but as an outsider, when you hear that, you think it probably would have been easier to just leave because imagine the mental anguish that a person has to experience when they're in that type of situation. Just your trust violated over and over and over again. That's, that's a lot to deal with. And she mentions that she became a shell of herself. And she tried to change herself so that he would choose her. So then if a woman had a certain hair color or like they wore certain things, then she tried to imitate that so that she could get his attention. Yo, to me, that is just, that is wild. That is wild because <sighs> mm -mm -mm. if it takes all of that for you to love me, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it because while even though, you know, relationships require effort and work and 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 compromise and all that, they also require commitment and loyalty and trust and honesty. And from what I heard, she wasn't getting those things. If I'm not getting commitment at the bare minimum, if I'm not getting loyalty and honesty, then I don't know if you can love me the way that I deserve to be loved. Now imagine if she would have started to heal from some of those traumas that she experienced 
before meeting her husband. I wonder then how much of this suffering she would have endured from him. Now, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna jump ahead. So let's talk, she's in Denver, right? She makes it to Denver. She said he was already in Denver. He searched up where her mom lived and showed up, but he ended up showing up at the wrong address. The mom had moved. He calls her. He's like, where are you? You can't do this. Now, mind you, he told her that he wasn't leaving the condo. But when she leaves, it's a problem. Also, at this point, she said her phone was turned off for a few days. So there was a period of time where her phone was was off and they weren't, I guess, communicating, communicating perhaps um, all that often. But anyway, her, her mom told her, like, you just drove. She drove 15 hours and then I think the mom drove five hours. But the mom is like, you just got here. You and the kids just got here. You're going to rest. You're not going to see him. So then she said that created a whole other whole nother dynamic because now he's like, oh, your mom is controlling you. Your mom is telling you what to do. And I'm just like, and sir, what? Like, you? so I guess you're the only one who wants to have control over her. But anyway, I digress. So they end up meeting, I think, the next day. And she said that throughout the time that she was in Denver, he would come and visit her and the kids regularly. And at this, at some point while she's there, she gives him a list of demands. I think 13 demands, I think. I don't know if I made up that number, but I, I think I'm just gonna say a list of demands because I can't recall if that's the accurate number. And she tells him what she needs him to do in order for her to come back. And she says, like, at first he wasn't on board and then he got on board and that's how it ended up being eight months. Now, at this time, she joins her mother's Bible study. She becomes, you know, more uh, religious. And she said, you know, there's something else that has to help me outside of therapy because then she did start going to therapy. Um, and well, well, she had been involved in therapy. So throughout this time, she recounts that that there are moments where she had been involved in therapy. So she gives him these demands and he starts working on them. And she's like, okay, I've seen some sort of effort on his behalf. And so she leaves and she says that she told him, you know, like one of the demands was one of, one of the demands she had stated that they would not live in Atlanta. Atlanta had too much baggage for them. And so they decided on Texas and she met him in Texas and they reunited. Now, this was against the advice of her mother and the other folk in Bible study and the other ministers and stuff. They're like, mm -mm, like, give him some time to really go through the process. And she said, well, I'm grown. I'm going to do what I want to do. And she did. And she went back. And it wasn't long before the shenanigans started up again. Of course they did. And there was a Tasha Kay interview, which I am not familiar with. With um, I did not watch it then and I didn't watch it now. But um, but she she references the video and, and the interviewer asked like, was she surprised by the women who were a part of that, that interview? And she said, no, their names were on the list that he gave her of people he had been unfaithful with. So it wasn't a surprise to her. When they made the infamous 
video where she's wearing the beret. She says she was not forced to do that. Um, but they did just get back from a funeral. Derek's uncle had passed away and she also found out she was pregnant. So when she made that video, she was pregnant and you know, she was going through what people go through who are pregnant early on, right? And so it was, it was a lot happening all at once for her. And it sounds like she was mentally exhausted, mentally exhausted. And she really was in this battle and this fight. And I think she was really fighting to not even just to free herself, but to find herself again. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Those aren't the words she used, but that's what I gathered from listening to her. Where in order to free herself from all the shenan, all the things that were going on, she had to find herself first. Because remember, she said she became a shell of herself. So she was aware of the women that were on the other interview, that were on the other the other show. She was aware that he cheated, and she was like, it was it was as if you know, they they ripped the bandage off of the wound all over again. And so she had to relive it all over again. They also talked about her cursing people, using scriptures from the Bible. And she was like, no, I was just using the Bible to say, you know, you're not going to do anything to me. Like, you know, you, this won't hurt me, but this is something that could happen to you. And the interviewer, Lateris, he's like, you know what you were doing. You were cursing those people with the Bible. And listen, can we just take a detour for a second? You can curse folk with the Bible. There are some things that are in the Bible. <laughs> so she, I think, was, she read from, in the, in the video that she did, responding to the people who had, I guess, had negative things to say about her. I didn't watch that video. To be fully transparent, I didn't follow this fully, right? I didn't, I wasn't even aware that he was married until they had did the live together and it was all over social media and i'm a little nosy i'm curious so i'm i watched it and i'm like mm. see it confirmed what i had thought about this brother already i did not you know i i said that something just didn't feel right my spirit was like mm, you don't need to watch his videos keep on scrolling by something's not right so for me it was confirmation of what i had already assumed that he was cheating on, well, not that he was cheating because I didn't, I actually didn't know he was married, but that he was one of those dudes. You know what I mean? One of those dudes. Um, and so it turned out he was one of those dudes. But I was like, oh snap, like he's married, look at this. And so it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise to me, but I had heard about Danea cursing people. Like I heard about that video, but I didn't watch it. So, um, but I did see since then, since doing these two episodes, this episode and the episode before this one, which if you didn't watch it, we discussed part one, go check it out. Since doing these uh, videos, th these episodes, I have checked out clips of that particular, that particular video. Well, if you can hear something in the background, I guess the fireworks have started. I didn't anticipate that happening. I forgot it was a holiday. <laughs> And I heard some noise and that scared me a little bit. Look, if you come from certain backgrounds, all right, if you come from certain areas, every once in a while, when, when you hear the firecrackers, you got to be like, wait, that's a firecracker. That caught me off guard. Like, hold up. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> but anyway, so 
So the clips I saw of the, the quote unquote cursing video, I agree. I'm like, she definitely was using scripture to curse some folk. Because what I had started to say was you could do some things with the Bible. But see, Christians don't want to tell you that because, mm, but that's a different podcast topic. All right. I'm going to do my best to not go there in this episode. Okay. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. Let's fast forward. They are together, right? At this point, they're together. They're working on their relationship. This is after the scandal and all of that jazz. They're working on their relationship. Eventually, she goes on what sounds like a healing retreat. Of sort. I don't recall the name, of it, but she goes on this healing retreat, we'll call it. And she says that they were talking, I guess, about forgiveness. And she made the decision that when I get home, I'm going to forgive my husband for all of it. I'm going to forgive him. I'm going to fully forgive him. And we are going to move forward. She gets home, she tells him, I forgive you. At some point between the I forgive you and the we need to get a divorce, they are intimate with one another. Now, again, they live in a mansion and she's upstairs and he was downstairs, she said, and he texted her. So I guess this had been a few days after she said, I forgive you. I forgive you. And she, I cannot believe they are doing this with the firecracker, with, with the fireworks. If you hear my bad, I'm I, my bad, my bad. But anyway, after the, I forgive you, a few days later, she gets a text while they are in the same house and he shoots her a text and he says something to the effect of, this isn't going to work. We should go our separate ways. I want a divorce. And she responded, okay. All right. And apparently then he put up some sort of a social media post about like, if, a, if you tell a person you want a divorce and they say, okay, they're being, I don't know if, if, if he said passive aggressive, I don't know. I didn't look up the post, but she mentions it in the interview. And I thought, oh, that's interesting considering all the ways that he's being, you know, that he's not being truthful with his wife or with the people who are following him and how he is treating his wife but the moment he receives a response that he doesn't like then he's gonna make a post about it and like demonize her in some sort of way but anyway i didn't read the post so let's talk about what's bothering me about this i i think that if she continues on the path of healing right and she no longer accepts this type of behavior this divorce is not a bad thing like this divorce is not negative if anything this is beneficial for her because listening to this it sounds oh my heaven it sounds like so much and this took such a toll on her physical and mental health From what she does from what she she discloses in in the dear wifey podcast interview i think though for me i was really disappointed to learn that it was derek who initiated divorce the divorce and not Danea. i was rooting for her to be the one to say i i'm out i, I don't want to do this anymore so i wonder if he hadn't brought this up how long would she have stayed in this relationship and their marriage? 
And see, this is part of the issue, right? When people are, you know, like from certain religious backgrounds and they feel like they have to stick it out, they're not allowed to leave. Um, it's a sin and God wouldn't like it. Listen, God would not want you to be miserable and contemplating your own life because you're in a situation. If somebody's telling you that, then we you need to rethink who you are receiving information from. But anyway, I wonder how long she would have stayed in that relationship. If he would not have said anything, how long would she have stayed? And that's the part that I, I really just, I wonder about because up until that point, like before he asked for the divorce, she was still in it. She went on a retreat and said, I'm going to forgive this man. So in her mind, it sounds, well, it sounds to me, it sounds like she was, in, you know, recommitting all over again to really be in their marriage. But one person can't commit to a marriage and the other person is wishy-washy and the other person is still acting and living like a single person. And this is why it's important to really work on and, and heal. And healing is not fixed or linear, right? It's not a, okay, I did this and now everything's done. It's an ongoing process, yet it's important to work on it, right? To be, to, to have your own healing journey so that you don't allow yourself to continuously be disrespected and disregarded and have to beg your husband to choose you and have to watch videos of him having relations with other women. And now you want to imitate them in hopes that he would choose you. This is why it is so important to work on yourself and to work on your healing journey to actively be a, you know, be work be 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 working on your healing. It's act to excuse me. It is so important for you to actively work on your healing. That other sentence was not grammatically correct. Excuse me for a second. <laughs> but this is this is one of the reasons why it's so important because when you start to heal those parts that have been mishandled and that have been walked over and that have been mistreated and that have been violated, you start to realize that you are worthy and you deserve more. And so how long would she have stayed if he would not, if he didn't send that text message saying he wanted a divorce? Let me tell you something. If, if you got to beg and plead somebody to love you, it is okay. I don't care what religion you're a part of. I don't care what group. I don't care what culture you come from. And this is no disrespect, but it is absolutely okay for you to leave if you are not being treated in a respectful way, if you are not being treated the way you deserve to be treated. This is just so sad. And I feel like her story, even it, not, maybe not everything, but her story is a common story for so many women where they stay and they settle. They've, they've learned to settle out of expectation, out of fear out of fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of judgment from other people, fear because of their religious background. 
they learn to settle and because of that they stay in messed up situations where there's no loyalty there's no commitment there's no honesty Mm. and dare I say it ain't even really love there now listen apparently Denea is doing boot camps for women I guess women who have gone through similar struggles that she's endured and I hope that she's during these boot camps she's working with other people might be further along in their healing journeys or you know might be professionals because when you're dealing with people who had been through complex trauma and things like that you know that is that's some heavy stuff to deal with and if you are at the beginning stages of journey you want to make sure that you want to make sure that your people are in the right care now to be clear i don't know the ins and outs of this boot camp I, I don't know anything about it except for what she mentioned on the podcast. Um, but I, I did think that was interesting. And I think the women she will attract are, it's a very specific type of woman. Like I'm not her target audience <laughs> for multiple reasons. I'm not her target audience. I'm not super religious. Um, I'm not religious at all. Um, more so spiritual than religious. And I think she she will attract a very religious crowd who have the same thinking patterns that she might have when it comes to certain areas. And I think because of her story, yeah, because of her story, she'll attract a very specific type of woman. And I just hope that she has the resources and support of professionals who can help her support the other one the, the women who join her boot camp because again i'm like well you you're doing a boot camp you didn't even initiate the divorce you went on a retreat and you said you were gonna forgive him but you know she has been on her healing journey so there's that I just feel like it's so soon, you know? It's so soon to then be running a boot camp yourself. So, like I said, I don't know too much about the boot camp. And I just hope that she has, you know, the resources in place and the professionals in place to help her help the other women. Obviously, there's a story that she has, and I know she can be an inspiration to people and and her tribe, you know? There's a whole part of the internet that I think will judge her and and not handle this story with care. And then there are those who are gonna see and, and listen to her story and be so moved that they wanna sign up because they see her as an inspiration. If she is able to make it outside of that relationship, then they might say, I can make it too. And I think that's dope. And I just wanna make sure that they're all taken care of, you know, let their professionals there. Um, all right, so what is the moral of this story? What is the moral of this story? The moral of this story is know your worth and honor it. Know your worth and honor it. Do not settle for the shenanigans and the foolishness and the lies. Don't settle for any of that. Know your worth and honor it. 
Let me know what you think. I would absolutely love, 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 love to hear from you. Um, oh, that's pretty loud. <laughs> Sorry about that. So as I was saying, let me know what you thought about the interview, part one and part two. Um, let me know what jumped out for you. What's the moral of the story for you? Was there anything that you couldn't take? Is there anything that you can take away from today's episode? I would love to hear from you. And listen, do me a favor. If you enjoy the podcast, Rhetoric with Shakia, please do me a favor and follow, subscribe, share, comment. I would so appreciate it. And if you would like to increase your emotional intelligence skills, or you want some digital self-care products, which are awesome, by the way, I want you to head on over to my shop, which I'm going to put in the show notes, payhip.com forward slash aligned and free, payhip.com forward slash aligned and free, and get you some, uh, <laughs> get you uh, oh, my heavens. I'm so sorry. I got distracted by something. Get you a self-care digital product or sign up for our emotional intelligence workshop. We're also going to be offering other workshops soon. So keep that in mind. And again, thank you so much for listening, whether you're listening live or on the replay. Thank you so much for watching the video over on my channel. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Listen, that's all I have. Come on back for the next one. But until then, bye for now.